Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 77, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we head on over to the mailbag for some questions, stop in for a little Kickstarter corner, and finally review Holotow. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. And we're alive. Oh, we're alive, barely. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was, I'm not going to lie that I was worried for a little bit. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it was... It was a rough ride. Uh, Richie, you tell the story since uh, it started with you. <laughs> since it started with me. <laughs> since we missed an episode, well, obviously, everybody's wondering what happened. Well, actually, it, it has to do with my daughter's daycare. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been in a, just a small in-home daycare for uh, ever since we had Knox. So she watched Knox. She's been watching Isla. Uh, but she decided to retire oh. this year, mm-hmm. uh, which means we had to scramble. We only had about two weeks. We had to scramble and find a, a new daycare. And we picked the one daycare in Omaha that had, I think, 100 cases of COVID linked to it. Made the national news. Wow. Made the national news. <laughs> so uh, we're looking for a new daycare again. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was uh, terrible. Oh. oh. It was the worst illness I've ever had. So, easily. So the, the kids, they, they always do this. They go to school, they go to daycare, they come home, and they give it to us. Yep. And uh, Well, whew. and a lot of kids have uh avoided being carriers for the most part but this this was you were told in the hospital because richie was in the hospital uh you were told that it was the uk variant right right yep so which was uh, more aggressive yep <laughs> uh since so it's a mutation of it i mean luckily everyone in my family is good everyone plus family is good the the kids it was a was a blip you know a blip in their day basically you know and then they were fine uh my wife and i both you know were up laid up for for a while um, I lost like 20 pounds cause I didn't eat for like seven yeah. days straight <laughs> no, or something like that. Another I've, positive. I've gained it all back. Don't worry about that. <laughs> but, uh, how about uh, Richie? You, I know you were saying you had the, uh, taste lot or. Like, oh yeah. The, the, so, uh, everything tastes terrible right now, except for coffee. And I, I didn't whoa. like coffee before. Now, oh, you like now coffee. that's pretty much all I drink. Wow. <laughs> it's coffee. That's like that's the only best, that tastes good. that's like the best side effect I've heard of having COVID. <laughs> you like, the, you uh, like coffee, like coffee. <laughs> but everything else is just oh everything everything uh, else tastes terrible i got really lucky i didn't have any loss of smell or uh taste or anything like that so i just had for like a week straight just didn't feel like moving like i yep well uh, and you I, went to the er too yeah i did i mean there was a point where i was like i i'm i'm yeah i was just jealous of richie because he got to be in the hospital oh yeah so yeah no here i here i am i'm like trying to do my regular work and then okay yeah let's check on richie and clef and see what they're you know see what's going on with them in the hospital yeah it was it was rough it was it was rough i'm 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 glad for it to be over i am very very glad for it to be over and it really does go to show you, you know, you want to make sure you guys are being careful out there. Wear masks yeah. and, you know, do do this, uh, do the things to try to be safe because it's it's not fun. No. And uh, go get vaccinated. Yeah. yeah. 
Chad's it, vaccine works. Yeah, yeah. It did. We, we, know, we know for I mean, sure no Chad's and that vaccine was, works. And that's what it was. It was just us meeting to to record. And, the, the you know, we had been meeting at home until I did get vaccinated because I was really worried about about Stephanie and, and you know, uh, contracting it that way and stuff like that. And so that's the, the one thing, you know, it's you can't record if we're in person, we can't record with masks on. So, and my setup at home is just not optimal. Uh, it's just really difficult to do. So, we, we, you know, it, and it, that, that's where it happened. It looks like so yeah. anyway, yes, please, uh, take it seriously, continue to take it seriously and be careful. And, and it looks like, I don't know what your state looks like, but our state now people, uh, 18 and over can start signing up to get that vaccine so yeah. i highly recommend it i don't know maybe not everyone if you if you have those really bad allergic reactions and stuff like that you know you want to check with your doctor first maybe but other than that go for it you know uh there's some really good news uh hopefully it's it's the case some really good news for kids too who are uh getting the tests for the vaccines too yeah, so i've heard that but yeah that's going well so that's yeah so anyway it's just a reminder don't uh don't let happen what happened to this group happened to you and uh, take care of yourselves okay yeah it is it is nothing to mess around with it is not fun that's for sure Mm -mm. uh so but that so obviously we apologize we we had to miss an episode and there was just no way to get around it obviously i said richie was in a hospital (laughs) well that's the thing like i i I work (laughs) at the hospital too and i thought my uh you know my status there would let me bring in the recording equipment but they <laughs> no they were not cool with that so. man i thought you had a little bit more uh you know a little more sway over yeah, there but no, no. Huh, huh. well i right. was allowed to see whatever nurse was working that night for me <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that was it did not, no yeah. one else would come into the room so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh all right well i suppose maybe uh we should talk about some board games yeah well yeah. i would love to talk about board games i mean you guys played some board games since right <laughs> well you know as uh this past I don't know. This past week, I've been okay. You know, I, I yep. would say I'm back to pretty darn near 100%. So uh, yeah, I was able to get in a, a few games. And one of the games I got in uh, that I was really excited about was Fayum by Friedman Fries from 2F Spiele. This game is a card play game where you're going to start off with, everybody starts off with a basic hand of five cards that are all the same. And they will do stuff like uh, put workers out on the board and then start to basically farm and and get either grapes or wheat or stone. And on your turn, you can either play one of these cards to, you know, start to gather resources or you can buy other cards from the market. And the market is very similar in the power grid market where every time all the cards are all numbered and they're numbered like two through 144 or something like that. They're all even numbers. But um, so like, let's say that the number 44 comes out, you're always going to put that in numerical order on the, on the track. So like, it's going to go between, you know, 34 and, and 70 or whatever, if you have those, those are your two cards and it goes in between it. So the market will start to fluctuate of what, and there's four cards that are actually in the market. And then there are four cards that are outside the market. So a card might be there a moment and then it might get pushed back out. So um, not nearly as, as uh, strategic, I don't think, as like Power Grid is, but because there's not an auction, you just buy the cards. But it was still, you know, an interesting thing of how the cards kind of fluctuated or whatever. And so, like I said, so on your turn, either play cards or you buy cards or you do kind of a Concordia passing action where that's where you get some money and then you get to pick up 
your cards. However, you only get to pick up three of your cards for free, and then you can pay a dollar to pick up more of them. And then once you get them back into your hand, then you can kind of play the, you know, then you go back the next turn and play cards or buy cards, and that's all you're doing. And like I said, you're just kind of putting out on the board to start with. Like I said, you're only putting out these farmers, but then you're going to start to get cards that, well, put out settlements and bridges and towns and all these things. And obviously, as you do that, they're going to give you victory points and it just takes resources and money to, to basically put these things out. So, um, it was an interesting game and I, it looks beautiful. I'll say that the production is uh, top notch. I mean, it is absolutely beautiful. I would say it's probably a little light for my taste. Um, but I could see this game being something that a lot of people would enjoy. It's, it's very simple. Uh, you can play, it's one to five players, so you, it's got a solo mode, and obviously uh, goes up to five is nice, so if you have a bigger group. I think the one thing that I thought it was going to be that it wasn't was I thought it was you played all your cards, and then you picked up your entire hand, and you had to play them in the opposite order that you had played them the turn before, which I was in my head was thinking, God, that sounds really cool. You know, I mean, it would be like a, well, I really want to play this one now. But if I wait to play it like three turns, then I'll get to play it and then be able to play it almost instantaneously again, you know, when I pick up my cards. But it wasn't that way. And after a while, it was like you got three or four good cards and then you would just play those three or four good cards and then you would just, you know, do the administrative action and then pick those back up. And then you'd play those few good cards again, maybe buy one new good one or whatever. It never was a point where I was like struggling with, oh, I really need to play this card or anything like that. It, the, it got sort of interesting on because uh, the, the components are limited. So like if you have a card that says build a town and then the towns run out, well, then you can't build any more towns or it might be build a vineyard, you know, or something like that. So that was interesting on some of the things you kind of had to maybe try to rush towards. But the card play just missed for me. I was just really looking for something, I think, a little bit more strategy, strategic type of way. And I just, I don't think it really delivered. I was, I was just, just a little bit disappointed in that fact. So it, it, it wasn't tight enough in the decisions of, of what you wanted to pick up and what you wanted to use and right. how much money you had to spend to do that. And then it sounds like it, it just, it was, it was very too straightforward. Yeah. There just wasn't enough decision-making in it. Like I said, I, I just wish that the, the cards were more interesting in how they worked. Um, now, that being said, I mean, if you're a Friedman Freese fan, I think you'll probably like this game. I mean, I, I would, uh, you know, and if you like a little bit lighter Euro-y type of games, I think this one would be a very good one for you. It, Like I said, it looks beautiful. The board is very colorful. All the pieces are top-notch. You know, I mean, the wheat looks like wheat. The grapes look like grapes. You know, there's fish. You know, it's all very, very nice. Um, you know, top notch on the production gameplay, a little bit on the light side, you know, so for me, it's probably going to be a pass. You know, I don't think I'm going to keep this one. I think I'm going to get rid of it, but yeah, that is fam from Friedman Fries. Do you, I'm wondering, uh, the theme on this, what is fam? Anybody know what that is? Um, it's a region in Egypt. Okay. Um, this basically the theme is. About food, uh, <laughs> Richie. <in. laughs> yeah, the theme is basically uh, you're working for the pharaoh, and you're basically the pharaoh has said, "Hey, go and 
take care of this land, you know, because it's really, they found that this land was very fertile. Okay. Um, sure. Now what they had to, you know, and I, I don't know all the history for sure, but in this game, all the wheat and grape areas all start off with crocodiles on them. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Board. And yeah. So you have to, but every time you go farm, but literally when you go to farm, it's remove the crocodile and get a dollar for removing the crocodile. And then you farm right away and get a grape or whatever. And I was, so if you're looking for a thematic game, don't look at this. <laughs> well, I mean, it does make sense. You know, I suppose you would have to remove crocodiles if you were going to farm there. Uh, sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be bad to have the crocodiles there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, fellow, fellow COVID man, what, yeah. what have you played? <laughs> Just uh, not much. Not much at all. I set up a... In a fever dream, I ordered Ginkopolis in the hospital. <laughs> I'm surprised that's it. I'm surprised there's not more. Oh, oh yeah, there's more. I, I okay. They I, put, I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw that list. They put you on much stronger stuff than melatonin. <laughs> yes. And uh, Jessica did take away my phone uh, the, the, <laughs> the first night I was back home because we got a, uh, we got a delivery at about 8 o'clock in the morning from Whole Foods. And I had ordered a single potato. <laughs> Uh, a couple of uh, pears and some other stuff. It yeah. was random. Yeah, good. you had to get was, something that tasted good. Yeah, you know? and then I looked at yeah. I looked at my Amazon account, and uh, at about three o'clock in the morning, I, I went uh, grocery shopping. So <laughs> <laughs> there was that. Yeah, that's when Jessica took away my phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ordered Ginkopolis. I set it up. I read through the rules, and uh, after after I got out of the hospital, I was a little tired for yeah, a little bit. Sure, uh, took a nap. Read the rules again. Uh, I still don't know how to play the game. <laughs> we played Birdie Fight instead of Ginkopolis that night. But we did play. I played a, a game on Tabletop Simulator with uh, Josh and Clef, uh, and that is a, an old Martin Wallace game, uh, and that's Tinner's Trail. And they're bringing that back, I think, aren't they? Uh, yeah. yeah. And you, you backed it, didn't you? Clef? I did. I, I backed the new Kickstarter. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm excited Which to I think see they, it, it they made really a, a lot of significant changes in the, the new one. Hopefully, hopefully they've, they've, they've changed yes. a few things. Yes, yes. <laughs> so the game, it, it's played over four rounds, and every round is divided into six phases. And you first you determine the ore price, and the, the whole theme of the game is that you are mining out ore and then selling it at the end of the round, and then yeah. you can buy victory points, and the victory points go down each round. So right, early right. on you want to you want to spend as much money as you can because you can get the most victory points at that time. Right. And it just goes down from there. Uh, so the so the first thing you do is that you determine the ore prices. There's orange ore and then white ore. Yeah, a couple one of, of those just colors. A couple yeah. of different colors, yeah. Uh, and you roll some dice and there's a little chart and they can move uh, I think it's the the white one I think is the the cheaper one, but it can go from anywhere from like 6 to or maybe it was like 4 to like Ten dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't know. That could be the random prices. Yeah. yeah, the other one can go up to like twelve dollars or something like that. But you roll the dice. You'll move that. They'll either go up or they'll go down. Uh, then uh, you go into the uh, basically the player actions, and there are several actions that you can do. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but the main ones because uh, there's this. You're playing on this map, and there's a bunch of different quadrants on the map in different sections, and you can build mines. And when you pick the, the build mine action, you have a, a little auction. And someone, whoever decided to build the mine, chooses where they want the mine to be built, and then they will start the auction. And the way that it works is that you have these 
uh, every round you have these action points essentially and every action that you choose takes a certain number of time away from you uh, so when you do the build mine one it's, it will cost you two time and then you're going to have the auction whoever wins the auction might not be the person who put it up uh, they will put their mind down you have several mines off the off the side of the board they put their mind down and they seed that area with ore and your whole goal is to get that ore out of there there are other actions that will allow you to pull that out and there are other actions that make it more efficient to pull it out because uh, it all costs money around the board you have your little money track and you start i think with like 40 bucks or something like that and all these actions cost money and it costs money to extract the ore out of each area i mean that's that's basically the whole game but it gets harder because every time you take ore out of an area you have to add water to it and the water will increase the price to extract ore later on down right, the road right cost you more yeah so it's going to cost you more so when you go to extract ore there's a bunch of improvements that you can get uh, and the, those are kind of the different actions that will allow you to take out more ore your base i think is three you can only take out three cubes at a time uh and then every time you take out the uh, any amount of cubes you have to add one water and that's going to increase your price and so every time you go in you're just increasing your price later on uh so i mean that's really the game it's kind of a lot of rinse and repeat uh, so then at the end of the round, you sell all the ore that you extracted that, that round, and then you will have whatever money that you have. And you can, starting with whoever passed first, they get to choose if they want to buy any victory points. There's this big chart down at the bottom, mm -hmm. uh, and there's several different columns and that you can choose from. But uh, each space can only hold two tokens. So if you spent $20 to get 30 points... Uh, only one other person can do that that round and it, there's some strategy as far as where you're buying because you can pass and you're not out as long as everyone keeps uh, buying victory points so you can try to push someone out uh, there wasn't I mean it's not that much strategy but there's a little bit of strategy on how you buy and where you buy and try to block people out and then you can buy the higher victory points later on in the round or something like that. Uh, but that's it. You do that, and it, it just keeps going. You, you do that for four rounds. Right. And then whoever has the most victory points at the end is the winner, and the tiebreaker was money, I believe, left over. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. It, it got samey quick. <laughs> like, the first round, we were, as like, oh, we're going to be doing this. Right. I, I mean, the game was actually pretty quick. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was going to Tabletop ask. Simulator it was yeah, actually it was, pretty quick. wasn't bad, yeah. Uh, but... It, I hope they do something. I think they're they're adding cards, right, to the the second. Um, I was I was looking at it here, and it says first of all, it says reduce randomness. Uh, so now the board is set up with uh, tiles instead of rolling dice. Okay, that's nice. Okay. Um, and then now it does say improved actions. Uh, excuse me, improved auctions. Dual use cards are now an important part of the game, giving you information before an auction or an extra boost after an auction. Hmm. So it so it does look like there's some 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 changes. Uh, one thing for sure, it's gone from one to five players as opposed to three to four. So I don't know exactly what they're doing there. And then there's some expansions and stuff. Um, I know we both said during the game, we wish like it was after you started the round, you would just, there were like these uh, either ships or, yeah, you know, or trains or, yeah. Get, yeah. And it was just pretty much, everybody just went and grabbed all those grabbed things all right away. And then you just went and you mined your stuff, whatever, you know, yeah. the best thing was. Um, the mine or putting out the mines were interesting because there was an auction and it right. was like, you know, sometimes you might want to try to stick a mine where maybe you don't really want one and maybe somebody outbid you for that one mm -hmm. type of thing. 
and the whole how you spent time was very interesting. I just wish that there was either maybe like with the improvements, like you had to take penalties or something, you know, maybe there was cost to buy the ships or something like that, you know, where yeah. it would be like, is it worth it for me to do this? I don't, it just, it was, it was a no brainer just to go through and just grab all those things. Just, you know, everybody did. And then you went and you did your, your other stuff. Um, and it was very straightforward as far yeah. as which ones were good. Yeah. Yeah. It was there very ones easy. That are yeah. Very good. And yeah. there were ones that are like, eh, yep. but if that's all that's left, then that's what you're taking. Exactly. And then the other thing that I found to be a little bit odd was you, you just, you one you knew at the beginning of the round exactly what each cube was worth. So obviously you yep. went after either the orange or the white cubes. And then, when you, it didn't matter if you were in first, second, or third, you still got to sell it all for the same price. Yeah. Some type of fluctuation in that market would yeah. have been interesting during the round. Yeah. Instead of just the, well, the die roll. And like I said, I mean, I felt like you could buy victory points earlier if you passed earlier. Yeah. But what, like we said, I mean, especially in a three player game, it wasn't even that big a deal. Cause no. I mean, usually the spots we went to didn't, wasn't like I was worried it got blocked out or anything. So. It's not, we didn't have that much money at the end of the round because the no. money that you have left over. You're going to spend it, but then what you have left is what you have to go into the next round with. So you yeah. can't spend it all. Right. You got to keep some money around right. to go into the next round. Which is, you know, I like that because, I mean, like uh, Princess of Florence does that. Yeah. I love that. Clinic does that. And I think that's one of the coolest things of Clinic is, you know, is how much are you going to spend in victory points and mm -hmm. how much money are you going to save? And I think that's a really fascinating thing. I just don't know if the rest of the game was... Yeah, the rest of the game around it just wasn't that great. Right, right. So hopefully the, the changes when you get it, and we'll try it again, and I'm sure yeah. we'll talk about it then. Yeah. We'll see if, um, uh, I did just check the Kickstarter page, and it does say pre-orders are still available. So if anybody cool. is interested in this new version, um, you can definitely go on there and look for Tenor's Trail, and there's still pre-orders that are available. So all Chad, right, Mr. You yeah, you've been having to play hundreds of games. Yeah. You've had all this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I didn't get to play as much as I'd like. But, all right, which uh, Marvel game did you play? <laughs> Nice. Oh, oh. <laughs> Almost had a spit take. <laughs> uh, that would be good. Uh, well, so I actually got to play High Frontier. Ooh, uh, from, all right. Uh, That's from, not a Marvel game. All right. Not at all. The dubious Phil Eklund. Ooh. And uh, I guess uh, some of the other designers involved in this, because there are multiple ways to play. This is actually High Frontier for all. The weight of this game is like 4.75 on Board Game Geek. Ooh. There, there's uh, Phil Eklund, Justin Gray, John Manker, who does a lot of, of those games, and Dom uh, Rogier. And then, like I said, it's Ion Game Design and Sierra Madre Games. Uh, it's a one to five players and plays anywhere from 30 to 240 minutes. Now, the reason for this variance, of course, is because it is so many different kinds of games. Um, they've tried to make this, as the name sounds, a high frontier for all. This is the fourth edition, and they've tried to make it as accessible as possible. There's a beginner's game, which on Board Game Geek, it actually says in parentheses, accessible to bright children. <laughs> and, and so, not dumb ones, but bright children, <laughs> bright can, children. can play Space Diamonds. Uh, I played sort of the introductory game called race for glory and then there's the core game and and so i'm going to try to do a high level overview of, of some of the rules so you get the idea of what's interesting about it and then i'll try to circle back again and talk about how the core game is supposed to be different it, it's basically about you know space exploration i mean phil eklund was uh, i think a rocket scientist basically and uh so it is uh, the most accurate space exploration game that there is really i mean the map is beautiful and amazing and intimidating it's basically a map of of soul 
the sun and the surrounding systems. And it's just, it's beautiful. In fact, uh, I think the guy who taught me, Joe, he has a, uh, a print of it, of the map uh, framed. And it's, oh nice yeah, it's, it's really amazing. So basically uh, you, you, you're going to start out uh, with a play mat and a crew card. Okay. That has your crew and, it, and um, you're, you're going to have, you're going to st- start basically kind of in the low earth orbit area. And you're trying in race for glory to get out and do certain actions within certain heliospheres. I think they're called uh, it's certain heliospheric zones, basically. And uh, then you'll get chits if you explore those zones and they are worth points varying as to whether you get to bring them back to earth or you just have them with your crew. But anyway, you're going to have this crew and uh, your crew has uh, kind of a, a thruster on it basically so that it can fly into space, but it's pretty highly inefficient. And you have aqua. Aqua is both currency in the game and it's also fuel. Uh, water is kind of rocket fuel the way that it, it works anyway. So it's, it's kind of interesting that way, but you will also have these three decks of cards out to the side of the board, which are thrusters, robonauts and refineries. And so uh, you're going to be doing kind of each round. You're, you're going to have 12 turns throughout about four years. So you, everybody gets like 48 turns in this, in this variant of the game. And for each turn, you're going to get a rocket movement somewhere, however, however far your rocket can move. And then you're going to get one operation action and then any, any free actions that you can do. And I won't go into that, but so basically from a high level view, the things that you kind of want to do are buying cards that synergize together of those different decks. You want to kind of race to get those points. Like I talked about, you want to build factories essentially, and then you use the factories to kind of build those rocket parts that you have. Um, the, the rocket parts are essentially those, those different cards that you can get. And, and by getting them, it shows that you've done the research to uh to to know how to build those parts basically you can auction a part off from one of the decks so that means one of those decks i if i want one or if i just kind of want to get through the deck i might pick one of those cards from off the top of the three decks and uh start off to auction it off and the the person or persons that are playing with me they can bid me up you know even if they don't want it because otherwise if they don't bid at all i get to take it for free because I can match their bid and then take it as the person who auctions off the card. So, okay. So like if you, if, if somebody says four, you can say, okay, I'm going to take it for four and then they're done. They can't continue around or no, you can, you can still continue around. Yeah. 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 It goes around and around to the highest bidder, but it's just that the person who puts it up for auction uh, gets to match the bid. They don't have to exceed it. it. Yeah, exactly. So So hold on. So like, if I said, if you put, if you put it up and I said, I'll pay four and you go, Okay, I'm going to match that. Yep. Then I can still go, well, never you, mind, I'll pay five? Yeah. Okay, so I can... If I you, believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. Okay, okay. Uh, so you can do that. That's one of the actions that you can do. So that's research. And then that card will go into your hand. Well, it doesn't go on your player board, though. Your player board has spots. It has stacks. You have your low Earth orbit stack, where is sort of your home base for everybody. And then you have your rocket stack, which you may be moving your rocket. So all of a sudden, you know, your low Earth orbit stack cannot go to your rocket stack at that point. What you're trying to do is have these cards that you're going to use to kind of uh, 
synergize them together, but make sure you make the the correct use of them and have them where you need them to be, basically. Because you also have outposts that you can build when you get to certain areas in space, and then those stacks can sit at outposts. So you can kind of save, and that's the physical that's the physical iteration of what you've researched. So let's say uh, I destroy something, I my rocket blows up or I, I mess up. That research card will come off my decks, my stacks, and go back to my hand on the side of the table. It means I still know how to build it, but now I don't have the physical manifestation of it, okay? So basically, each of these cards, the thrusters, the the robonauts, the, uh, the refineries, all those things have masses, and then they do certain stuff. And so one of the other actions that you can take is to boost into space. But to boost into space, you generally have to have fuel, right? So there's a very, I, I won't say it's, I'm not going to get into it, but it, on your on your other player board, you have wet and dry mass. And your dry mass is the mass of everything that you have in your stack. So that's like your thrusters, your crew, your refineries, whatever, all that stuff, plus the fuel that you've loaded on there. So the fuel that you load in the tank uh, is added on as well. And then you have to hit a certain value to kind of make it fly. And certain thrusters will make you fly much farther and it's more efficient for the fuel that you put on it. And certain ones won't, but they they don't take as much basically sometimes. So it just kind of depends on what you're trying to do. Earlier in the game, for example, um, I was going to Mars, which stays kind of near the sun. So I used one of those solar sails, basically. So one of those things that looks like an X that's all solar panels Mm -hmm. and it doesn't take any fuel. And basically I was just kind of, you know, getting, I was staying near the sun. Mars is pretty close to the sun. So I'm able to get free movements without using fuel because I'm getting kind of bonus points from that with my thruster. So that, that was kind of interesting. However, then when you try to land that thing, it basically burns up on entry into the atmosphere. So that, of course, goes back to your hand, and you have to sort of find a way to get that back to your stack on your board by Mm. using the technology. So that's just kind of a, again, it's hard to envision this if you're not seeing it all in front of you because it's a very technical, even the introductory game can kind of be very technical. But you are trying to travel out to space as far as you can to kind of claim and claiming helps you build factories, helps you uh, essentially colonize, and you kind of have to do these steps as you go. You have to have a crew to do, you know, to colonize that you kind of leave there a little bit. Uh, so all of those things uh, are are kind of synergistic, and you have to find ways to get out to those further planets. And so you're trying to calculate, like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna load all this fuel. So then your fuel cells again, that's your money. So you're loading and getting rid of money. You're loading all this fuel on board to kind of boost your ship to try to get out to the outer reaches of space, but also not strand yourself because you use that fuel. Where are you going to get more fuel? You can't refuel unless you've kind of built a fueling station out there, which then that's higher payload, higher mass to, to get the, the robonauts and the refineries out there. And so I don't know about you, Richie. This game sounds easy. <laughs> but I'm you could 4.75. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Woo. You could get out there though and you could strand your crew, you know, if you're not careful basically. And so oh, Man, I want to play this game so it, bad. It, it's pretty interesting <laughs> that the, I mean, I I was I was looking at it as uh, you know, one of those games where I, I'm getting PAX Viking, you know, and and PAX uh, Renaissance here pretty soon, but I 
I was kind of looking at it like, oh, is this something that I'd be interested in? Um, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm, again, with Phil Eklund games, I'm, I'm kind of up in the air about. I, I mean, I think it's great that uh, that high uh, that heavy car- cardboard and also the people that um, the people that support heavy cardboard sort of spoke up and and kind of are encouraging uh, Ion Games to be a little bit more discerning about what they allow in the game, but. I played it and I thought, uh, I don't know if I need to have this in my collection, but I'm definitely going to play with, with Joe again. It's just sort of yeah. one of those games where it is a simulation, you know, and it's a story. And I mean, Joe went out further than Mars and he, he rolled, uh, he had to roll a die and it was too low. So he didn't get his claim and then had to move further out, which really kind of biffed him on some action. So there's some die rolls. You can mitigate it. You have to be careful, but there's just like me kind of landing on the surface and uh, with that solar kite kind of burning up and stuff, I had to roll for that too. And uh, so there were some times where I got kind of lucky, but again, it's the planning. It's making sure, gosh, can I get out to here? There were times where I got out to further reaches and was like, oh crap, I forgot to bring that refinery with me to that space or that sort of thing so the point is is that it's a very heavy game and that's just the introductory game the core game the core game basically adds a politics manual module so that when you're doing a fundraise action which was one i didn't talk about but you're just basically um getting an aqua uh, when you fundraise in the race for the the race for glory uh, module but in that one, you're also putting out a cube on these different laws that your certain corporation has a poli- political tie to. So then those laws are going to kind of govern the game a little bit. But yeah, the the difference in the heavier module is there's three more decks that actually synergize with the thrusters and robonauts and refineries that you that you're going to again need to have to kind of work with the mass or work with how. Uh, the certain technologies work, but the cards themselves are so cool. I sat and looked at the cards. I mean, they're diagrams of these things, these real, these real things. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's really interesting, but again, it may not be for everybody because it's not an easy thing to play. And Joe was, he's a great teacher, but he was really, I think, um, worried about teaching. And I think he did a great job. So, I mean, any, Eklund game yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> is tough to get into. How long the on BGG it says anywhere from thirty to two hundred and forty minutes. Yep, yep. That's what I said. Yeah. So it it was probably with the teach, I'd say it was three hours. And that's, that's just that two. Because you remember, this is right. forty eight turns. But the turns can go fast because again, I fundraise, you know, I'm just taking an aqua or I and, and early in the game there's very few actions you can take just because you're you're limited in what you have and what you can do. But it is like a lot of Eklund games. It's about the story. You know, you're you're excited to get this technology and pair it with this. And then, you know, so I was the one who basically hung around Mars and tried to uh, colonize that and, and, and stuff like that. The, the points that you get in this module of the game come from basically three main sources. You get those glory chits by, uh, by exploring. You uh, get points for factories that you've put out on these planets and points for colonizing. And then the factories are important too because it's, kind of like uh, it's kind of like a rarity system. So if you only created one kind of M factory, and let's say M is like stone, okay? So that, that's uh, that kind of factory. It, 
they're the most valuable, which is eight points. But if somebody else starts creating those, then it goes down to like four points per M factory or huh. that kind of thing. So you, it's almost like a, a market type. Wow. Type thing. Wow. Yeah. I'm interested to play. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really interesting game, but it takes a lot to, uh, it, it was a lot of Joe saying it was a lot of Joe, like with my first play of brass. Nope. Can't do that. <laughs> no, nope, you can't do yeah. that. And that. That's my only worry with it, with, with Eklund games is yeah. where, and I get, cause Jessica will get this with, you know, medium to, you know, medium heavy, heavy games where she feels like she's doing work. Yeah. And I feel like that with Eklund games a lot of times yeah. Yeah. where it's like, sure. I'm, I'm about to clock in and we're going to. Put yeah, when we work. played that uh, Pax Transhumanity, that was yeah, that yeah. was some work. Yeah, yeah, it, it, I mean, and it, it is. You have to have a you just like Joe. You have to have a really good teacher so that you can sort of overcome the naming everything differently to be a story. You know, I mean, that's a yeah. lot of what he does, and so it's very much that way uh, with this game. But again, I feel like the story that it tells is worth it. You know? Yeah, and I would say with like Transhumanity, once we got past that wall, and then it, it became enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, but it it takes work. It and it fit our group, didn't it. you? Didn't you create nuclear war? Wasn't that how it ended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds right. Well, it's sure. such a Richie. Yeah. It's such a Richie story. Once I saw that that was yeah. an option. <laughs> Richie can do that, and he's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, really interesting. Highly suggest there. There's a lot of different stuff out there to kind of look at. Even if you go to high, even if you go to High Frontier on BGG, there's a couple of like there's like a 16 minute overview that just kind of gives you a taste for it without being intimidating. So you can kind of check, check that out and, uh, and see if it's for you that way too. There's a lot of good resources on the geek, of course. So nice. Yeah. All right. So we got some games in, you know, yeah, we we got a few, you know, not, not as many as maybe we usually do, but we got some no. games in, you know, what? actually yeah. I, I got a game in today, by the way, I, uh, I got in a VR experience. It's, uh, that new, Oh gosh, it's a it's a new escape room with VR in in town, and they oh, they, they scrub okay. down your headsets and everything, and you're mm -hmm. in your own little space and masked up and everything. But Finn and I, he has school off this week, and so we went and did like this escape from the pyramid, and it's made by Ubisoft, who makes it's like an Assassin's Creed engine, yeah, is what it is. Well, so and, you both have headsets on, and you're doing a virtual yeah, escape room. Yeah, up, we're right? problem solving in this pyramid and trying to figure out different. Interesting. Yeah, I had to stop him. Uh, I had to stop him. What do you call this thing? Dabbing. Yeah, I had to stop him dabbing. He's like, <laughs> he just—he's so excited that he's in this visual, this virtual world with like a, you know. Oh, I could just see Finn yeah. doing that. I was like, Would you stop dabbing and grab that lever? <laughs> but, but yeah, it's really cool, and and it was weird. I'd never done VR to that capacity before. Like, mm -hmm. there was something where he had to shoot arrows, and I had to climb up the arrows in the wall. And I was just like, I actually don't want to look down right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, cool. So. Very cool. Yeah. So right. highly suggest that experience. Well, speaking of interactivity, hold on, hot off the presses. Royals win game one. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> how many games did they win last year? Well, they only played 60 games last year. And of those 60, how many did they win? 24. <laughs> so less than 50%. Uh, yes, Chad, less than 50%. <laughs> okay. And uh, who's won a World Series more recently? Oh, yeah, but who has like, you know, 20-some? Well, yes, okay, yeah, from the 20s and 30s and 50s. All right, well, then don't ever say that about the. I don't want to hear you talking about championships from the Huskers then either. Hey, 
90s? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, we've got 90s ones too. We've got true, 2000s. Right. All right, you got what some do you 2000s. Want? All right, all right, all right. All right. Well, guess what, fellas? Well, what? what? <laughs> we, got a, we have a mailbag question. All right. Probably right. not anything That's, to do with the Royals you. or Yankees. So. Thank you. No. Okay. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the mailbag. All right, let's do it. <laughs> So we got a couple questions we're going to answer today. Uh, the first one, we'll do this one real quick, and uh, this is from Jason Brent, and he wants to know: When you upgrade your game components, what do you do with all the old pieces? I don't upgrade game components, so hey, baloney antiquity. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did antiquity, but and you that was because it needed it. You have your little bucket over yeah, there. Yeah, your does. little blue bucket. You know over what he has in the... there too? He has paper money in there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I should throw it away, I guess. <laughs> but he has it. Why do you just, still have it? I don't know. I should throw it away. Okay. I don't know. Right. I, I guess I do have a little bucket over there yeah. of stuff that, yes, that is money usually is what's in there. Yeah. Um, I did upgrade Antiquity, yes, and I think maybe the old chits are still in that bucket too. So <laughs> yeah. they probably just need to be go. thrown away. Yep. But yes. That's, <laughs> I, I don't do anything special with them. I'll say that much. I mean, they yeah. either get thrown well, into that bucket or thrown And away. with his question, he has a picture of like the quacks pieces, all these other pieces that he's upgraded from other, other games. And I used to keep them. I had just an empty expansion box that I had uh, where I would just throw them in there. But now, I mean, if I upgrade a game, I'm probably going to keep it. Like I have the Quacks bits. That's one of Jessica's favorite games. So it's not like I'm ever going to get rid of it. Right. So so why keep them? And if you would did get rid of it, you'd get rid of it with the upgraded bits too. Yeah, right? I would just I sell mean, it with the, the bits and just right. maybe charge a little bit more or, or not. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I just uh, now nowadays I just toss it. If I replace it with something better, I just throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. I have this too. I just got my bits for Yokohama. And uh, what? Yeah, no, what? finally, I know. <laughs> so exciting. No, Guess right. what, though? Guess what would happen with that? They're like, uh, yeah, we, uh, however, don't have any stickers for any of this stuff because uh, it got left off the manifest. So we'll get you stickers. <laughs> so no, in another two years, on, those stickers. I know. Wow. <laughs> I don't think DMG is going to be around for a while. Um, also, oh, you so like with like the Orleans, where they had like the the picture of the actual resource that yeah, you then so, put on the wood, you know, yeah. So, so the you like just your got little the meeples, bit. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now some of those, some of those, like the I don't know, some of the the tea and stuff like that had it on there, but okay. but the the people and stuff like that that had like a silk screened yeah. sort of that's that's stickered and so. Hey, you got the bits though. Yeah, I got the now, bits. You got, I got the, the bits. bits. I got, got the coins. But anyway, that's all gone in a baggie in this again, a little bin. And I don't I mean, I I don't have the head for it, but I keep tricking myself that like someday I'll design a, a Gaia Chad project or you know, <laughs> something I don't know. Something I play Gaia and, Chad project. Yeah, sounds awesome. How yeah. about the Alan Parsons project? Maybe I play that. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't okay. know. Uh, so maybe I'll design Maybe I'll design one of those uh, games one day. So you I, want the bits to yeah. be able to play with. That I used to be my reasoning right. behind keeping stuff. It was either mm-hmm. I would, you know, design a game and I have all these, you know, little test components that I can use, but it's never going to happen. Well, Finn actually used like a bunch of my Lisboa, you know, stuff that from the that I didn't have the upgrades from. Um, he used that for a, a school project last year to make a board game. So, oh, nice. Yeah, there you go. So there it got used, go. but yeah, uh, probably just hoarding it for something that's never going to come. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, throw them away, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we say. <laughs> throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the other questions from Gabriel. 
Uh, if you could buy a game for pre or post superheroes, like I don't know, New Clef Ooh. and AOS Richie <laughs> or 18XX Chad, <laughs> what would they be? So his real question is, how has your taste evolved over the year and been influenced by COVID? Uh, well, I mean, my first thing, would my tastes have changed. I I am much more of a need a heavier, strategic, interactive type of game. Uh, yeah. You know, just pure and simple. I mean, I, uh, you know, I, the, the medium weight Euro games no longer give me what I'm looking for. So, uh, you know, definitely I... I want more interaction. So, I mean, that is new clef. I mean, for sure. That's, that's who I am. Uh, how has COVID affected that? Um, well, obviously you don't get to play as many games in person. So I've played a lot more online than I've ever. And I, I am not a, you know, Chad, Chad and I are very similar in this where we're not big fans of playing online. I don't like, uh, the asynchronous thing. Cause I just half time. I don't even remember what the heck I'm doing or, you know, the, the graphics are so bad. It looks like a fifth grader, you know, drew the planets for Gaia Project or whatever. I, Gaia just, Project is not that bad. Uh, it is that bad. Um, I, I don't. So I, I've I've dabbled in playing online, but I can tell here recently people have been asking about playing games online and mm. I'm just totally no, I'm, I'm done. Yep. I just I don't want to take the time to play online games right now. I'm I'm obviously very, very much looking forward to getting vaccinated and hopefully later this summer, you know, getting back to a somewhat a normalcy. And uh, obviously, uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it to any cons this year, but it, it would still, I'm, I'm excited that there, you know, cons will be coming back and yeah. such like that. I mean, uh, yeah, COVID sucks. <laughs> for for several reasons, yeah, you know, and and again, like when we're talking about it and laughing and stuff, we don't mean to joke of anybody's plight. Who, uh, sadly, if you've lost oh, somebody God, to yeah. COVID this so, year or anything like oh, that, it's, a very it's just, serious, you know, thing. Yeah. and 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 it has been serious. But yeah, I would say too that I think uh, there there's a blessing in it in that I feel like uh, on our on our Slack channel and stuff, we have an online gaming thing, and everybody's asking at least a couple times a week, hey, who wants to get on to play this? And I don't think that would happen as much had COVID been a, you know, not been a thing. Yeah. So definitely. we we have community with people that we wouldn't get to 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 chat with or we wouldn't have the impetus to chat with as much. Uh and that's really nice to me. I will say uh the book club that we're doing does that for me too. I mean, cause we get on like once a month and, and get on Skype and talk about a book or, or whatever. And I, I really like that it does that, but yeah, I think a lot of us are online fatigued out. So that, that, that's been hard. I think in this past year, the only thing that I still am using a lot and really am thankful for and kick in a little bit for and enjoy is 18 xx.games Cause it's been a good place for me to learn the different games and, um, easy to get a game. Now, again, I'm playing them asynchronously. I just started playing uh, 1849 horribly. I, I went bankrupt. Um, I'll talk about that maybe on an, another episode, but it's it's been great to be able to play and have camaraderie with some of our listeners that we wouldn't get to otherwise. Nice. Yeah, I would agree. As far as I, I always played online, uh, but it was always asynchronous. And now with uh, COVID, I've been doing mo uh, way more tabletop simulator live plays like over discord we are actually able to talk and as we play so and that and that's been great especially the age of steam night that we do every tuesday 
just being able to get on. And like you said, uh, Chad, the like Jason, I think I've played like 10 games with Jason this year and he lives in Arizona. Right. <laughs> so that wouldn't that wouldn't have happened. Very true. You know, before. Uh, so that's been great. Uh, as far as my taste changing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat. So it's just I need an interactive game and I, I the multiplayer solitaire medium weight game is kind of dead to me. So I, I want some interaction. There are still some that I really enjoy. I still really enjoy Newton. I just played that not too long ago. And mm-hmm. I mean, there's ones that are going to hit for me still, uh, but I, I'm not looking for those games anymore. And I'm not, I'm definitely not buying them, uh, but I'll, you know, and I'm, I'm trying to avoid them when I, you know, have an options for playing. Sure. So, yeah. so those are the questions. Uh, thank you fellas for those. Uh, and if you have any other questions or if anyone wants to send in any questions, uh, you can either do that on our Slack channel uh, which if you have not joined there, you can send us uh, an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. And that's also where you can send some other questions as well. Well, speaking of questions, Clef has a question for you. And uh, I'll just let him put it to you. It's how do you feel about something to hold your bits? Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic Hex Trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free Hex Tray. Thanks so much, Clef. Now it's time to visit our Kickstarter corner, and it's a little bit more expansive corner. In fact, it might be a whole wall, actually, because we've got a couple of Kickstarters that are kind of important to uh, the punch boarders and the punch bunch here. So the first one I'll talk about is from BoardGameTables.com. It's three games, actually, but I was first enticed into it because of our man Ryan Courtney's game that we got to play, or or, excuse me, that I played at Origins a couple years ago. This is his stock game with the dice. So the first game, we'll just talk about Ryan Courtney's game first. Uh, This this game is called Bear Raid, and it's uh, for three to six players, and it plays in about 60 minutes. Now, this game, to me, the essence of it, and I've talked about it before, we know Ryan Courtney is a thinky man. So it's almost like if Ryan Courtney tried to make a, a stock party game or, or stockpile, this is his version of stockpile kind of just a high overview. First of all, what you're doing is you're basically investing in companies that are out on the board in front of you. Uh, and they have uh, little decks of cards that show the things that are going to happen each round to that company. And uh, there are some dice and uh, kind of, share chits basically that are are manipulated and what you're doing you you can do a few different actions each round what you're doing is everybody will have a screen with some random uh chits from the companies and some random dice that have been drawn out of a bag okay and so you nobody knows what these what these are of, of each other's uh stash basically but on your turn you can buy or short stock from one company you can take any dice from a company, or you can set aside up to three dice from behind a screen, ensuring that they're going to be rolled in the next phase, which I'll talk about in a second, or you can pass. Uh, 
When you buy, you can buy that stock, you know, and and take it behind your screen. And you have something that kind of looks like a comb with like a one times and a two times. And that's how you're keeping track of stock with a little, these little, um, these little discs that can fit into those slots and you're increasing them or decreasing them, getting rid of them if you short the stock basically, which is kind of really fun and a little bit unique in this game. Then uh, you will get, if you short the stock, basically you'll get money, but then you'll be negative in the stock on your player board. Um, But then we talked about setting aside the three dice to roll from behind the screen. So you're going to be influencing what's happening with those cards that happen with each company. And those are kind of going to come up each turn. So in the roll phase that happens after everybody takes their turn, people are secretly going to set aside dice from behind their screen to go back into the bag. And then the start player is going to draw out three dice for each player playing the game minus those ones that were set aside by players as their action was taken. So that's kind of like ways to influence what stock comes up, where it goes out and how it's going to happen on those cards. Because the cards can say, you know, if this many pips are on the dice for this company, this is going to happen to the stock. And so it makes that stock rise and fall and be manipulated And what's cool about this, it's not really negotiation, but there's sort of like unspoken alliances that happen around the table. Come on, come on, you know, you want to go in on this sort of thing and let's let's do this. That's sort of like in the same way when you try to talk somebody into joining with you on the estates and you can't really see what everybody has behind their screen. So, you know, you're you're trying to keep track of stuff, but you're also trying to manipulate stuff in your favor. So I highly uh, I highly encourage you to look into this. It looks like, I think, I don't know if he's already done it, but uh, Ryan Courtney is going to get on and talk about certain strategies for playing the game and, and that sort of stuff. That's on the Kickstarter page. But let's talk about one other game that's with this, and that's Factory Funner. It's basically a real-time kind of tile building, building production chains to try to be, uh, to try to be profitable. You can do, a, there's a non-real-time variant here, but that one wasn't the one that interested me. And I think among our group, that's going to be one that's not as interesting in general. But then the last game is Ghosts of Christmas Past. And that's a trick taker for three to four players uh, by Taiki Shinzawa. And basically what it is, is it's based on this other trick taking game called Time Palatrix or Palatrix. And you're playing tricks in a round to the past, present, and future. So basically, when you start the game, you're going to bid on the number of tricks that you're going to win. And then you'll play tricks, play three trick, play three cards to tricks in any order, basically, whether it's past, present, or future. And then you're going to score each trick in order. And the winner of the previous trick gets to set the winning suit uh, for the future ones. So that's kind of interesting. And then after 12 tricks, you're going to score points for matching your bid. Now, there's some wiggle room in some of the variants. Some are less forgiving than others, and you can kind of mess with that uh, according to the variants. But that's kind of a a cool thing, Um, kind of a fun little variant for those of us that like trick-taking games. So you've got Factory, Funner, the Tile Layer. You've got Bear Raid, which is Ryan Courtney's great stock game. And you've got this trick-taker, Ghosts of Christmas Past. So basically, uh, the the two aforementioned ones, Factory, Funner, and Bear Raid, are 34 and Ghost of Christmas is $15, and then all, you can get them all together for $69, I think, and then $4 for, for U.S. shipping and $9 for Canada and, the, and, and European Union and the U.K., or excuse me, $9 for Canada, the EU, and the U.K. 
So something to look into. You might not want all of those, but definitely some of them are, are worth checking on. And for me, I actually upgraded because you're getting a lot of those little discs. And so I, I'd like to have the little wooden discs uh, that come with the Bear Raid game. So anyway, there's a lot of opportunities for that one. I'd say check it out. Uh, the other one that will really quickly mention is the John Company 2nd Edition from Cole and Drew Worley and Worley Gig Games. Clef, did you back this? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, immediately. I yep. think I was in the top 100 backers. Whoa, Ooh, Richie was on it. Wow. Richie's like, I'm, al- I'm already online for a potato. I might as well <laughs> get <laughs> it. Go John Company. Get a potato, get some peaches, get a John Company. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, yeah. Uh, so this is... This already has a first edition out, but it's hard to get a hold of like a a few of Cole's games, but it's one to six players plays in 90 to 240 minutes. And it's basically like a lot of Cole's games. It's a serious examination of an issue. This is about the British East India Trading Company. And a lot of his games kind of have to do with that. Pax Premier is kind of how uh, that company shaped things. And Infamous Traffic is how that company's actions resonated in China. So it's it's quite the, quite the all-encompassing theme. Uh, this is basically about using your family... Um, and your family influence to run John Company to make it most profitable and most prestigious for you. There's a lot of negotiation. It's kind of a semi-co-op game, and there's a lot of negotiation in this game where there's shared incentives going back and forth. You're you're doing a lot to help the company, but obviously, ultimately, you really want to help yourself. And I guess in this one, uh, negotiations are even broadened a little bit more. Basically, everything that the players have are able to be exchanged for for favors or for negotiation or or that sort of thing so that's pretty interesting also if you knew the first edition there were some wonky things with events in the game and the way that the events would come out and how they would affect the gameplay there's definitely dice rolling and 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 luck in this game and and the events can have a big effect on this but supposedly and i haven't played it yet but supposedly the event system is streamlined to kind of jump you into into that a little bit easier. Just in the same way I would guess that Pax Pamir had some rules streamlining take place that really helped make the game a little bit more accessible. Uh, I will also say that uh, there's a lot of scenarios in this game because he's exploring a lot of themes and and how the interaction took place with the British trading company. And so uh, he says the scenario system is a little bit easier. But I would highly encourage uh, our our listeners to check it out. This is the kind of game that if you like if you like what, what Rich and Clef were talking about, if you like that player interactivity, it's here in spades. If you like exploring a game space and really seeing what happens at the table when people are working together and also in each other's face, that's the feeling this game has. So that's John Company 2nd Edition. I think there'll be about 12 days left when this uh, episode drops. And for the other one, I'll say I think that was about Oh, eight days left. So check both of those out. Those are Kickstarter recommended from us. Uh, check and see if it's from for you. And I know uh, John Company, you can actually play it on Tabletop Simulator as well. They have the, the full mod on there if you want to check that out. And also with that Kickstarter, if you haven't had a chance to get PAX Premier Second Edition, uh, you have an option to buy that on there. So You have an option to buy that. You have an option if you missed out on the metal coins and you're regretting it for, the, for PAX. So all those things. Can you add a potato? 
No. <laughs> I ended up throwing away the potato. <laughs> I didn't get to it in time. Poor potato. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that potato only had eyes for you, Richie. <laughs> All right. Uh, Where's our... Yeah. Too bad that cricket button's too far away for you to reach. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, guys, let's let's do a featured review. Holler Tau is the newest Uwe Rosenberg game from Lookout Games. It takes place in the 16th century in the Bavarian city of Ingolstadt. And like most Uwe Rosenberg games, it's about farming and creating your best farm. So real quick overview of what the game is. The game plays over six rounds. And in this game, it is all about the cards. You are taking actions out on a main board uh, with your workers to do various resource conversions of different resources. You have crops such as wheat and hops because, hey, this is a Bavaria and beer production country and barley. And then you have animal products like milk and wool and meat. So in every game, you will start out clearing out the top row of workers basically now this action board has spaces for workers and the first spot usually costs you one worker and then two workers and then at the most expensive it is three workers so every round and this is kind of an interesting feature of the game depending on how many players you're going to clear off the top spot that's filled of a quadrant and sometimes it's more than one quadrant depending on how many people are playing then you're going to take your farmyard card off, which is a card that you'll take into your hand because you will have these different cards for different recipe fulfillment. Then you're going to take the farmyard card into your hand and you'll begin your turn. You will then get to activate any bonus cards that you may have played out to your tableau, which can get you income each round. Then you will start the phase of worker placement where you will be able to place cubes out on the board to take those actions. Now, you start off the game with six cubes, but as you move your community center, which we'll get to in a second, you will gain more workers because you're growing your town. And as I said previously, uh, the, the action spaces get more and more expensive the more people that are on them. You can also exchange one worker for a tool, and tools are important for helping your community center grow and the rest of your businesses in your town grow because they move the boulders, which are basically like obstacles and clearing out the town to make your town grow. So once everybody has used all their workers, then they'll move into the phase of taking that farmyard card into their hand, and then they may move each empty field that they have on their player board up a row and move it up a, a they'll be able to move each empty field up a row uh, if they haven't used it. We'll talk about farming here in a second because on your player board, when you plant, which is a few of the actions that you can do, you will plant from your player board onto the field and it will go in a row that the field is in. Your fields can be in rows five to two. So if I have a field at row five and I put, for example, a hops in that field, now when I get to harvest, I will pull that hops over to the left side of my board where it says now in my warehouse, I have five hops. 
and then I will move my field down one because now that I've used my field, it is less desirable. I've, I've taken the nutrients out of the soil. That's why at this phase, if you leave it open, it'll become more rich. In the next phase, you will harvest, moving your goods over to the left and your fields down one if they have had anything in it. Then lastly, you will get milk from your sheep and then you're going to pay goods to move your craft buildings. Each craft building has a certain recipe of goods that has to be moved. These craft buildings sit in front of your community center, and then the boulders sit to the right of the craft buildings. So that is why each round you will have to give a certain number of resources to move each different craft building, and you'll have to use tools to move the boulders out of the way if you want to move them further. Then you can, as much as you can, move that community center flush against the craft buildings, letting you ultimately get more points and more workers each round. You will do this six times throughout the game, and then at the end of the game, you will see how many points you have gotten, both from cards out in your tableau, from the points that are in the community center and the surrounding craft buildings, and from cards that you have played out to your tableau during the game. That's kind of a pretty tall overview of Hallertau. Gentlemen, what do you think about the art and components of Hollertau? It's a Nuve game. You can definitely recognize it. Jessica, when she mm -hmm. saw the box, she was like, is that the Caverna guy in the... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's like, is it about farming? I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, she thinks he's, he's just trolling at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he likes farms. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or likes likes uh, making games about farms. Yeah. I don't know if he actually yeah. likes to farm. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice components. All of the, um, all of the goods are all, you know, look like that particular thing. You know, they've all got a nice shape to them. It's not just cubes. Uh, the community center is a fun thing. You know, it's, it's very tactile and the feeling of moving those boulders up and then moving your community, you know, your, those craft buildings up to move it's, it's that great feeling, especially if you get a double move your community board. Mm -hmm. That's a really nice feeling to get to double move that. Um, so, I mean, I, I think, I don't I wouldn't say they're above average, but I would say nowadays they're very average for this type of game. I mean, definitely, it's yeah. a heavy box. I'll say that much. Yeah, you, you do get a lot of stuff. You, you know, the meat that you get in the game looks like a pink shank bone, you know. And you're right. The the stuff that you're doing, you're. You're, you have this great visual representation of moving your big community center over, and then you get to look in the little window and see how many workers you got now and how many points you're getting. Mm -hmm. yep. So that's that's satisfying. Yeah, I'll agree. This is this is you know I wouldn't say you know at, the, at this day and age that it's ooh that's that's amazing production, but it is right what it needs to be. I think. Yeah. yeah, you're getting your money's worth. Uh, yeah, or I, what's in the box? If you're gonna play it a lot, I think you probably need to sleeve the cards because I think they'll get a little bit oily and, and dirty after a while. Yeah, depends on how much you're gonna play it, you know. Yep. But uh, um, but that but that's a minor minor thing. So. Right. Yeah, the card stock like a lot of uh, Uva games is pretty. Is fairly flimsy, so again, and you're holding these cards a lot in your hand. Right, yes, right. Yes. Yep, that, that's very true. So, 
Okay. Gameplay. Let's get to gameplay. And before we do, there's one thing that I want to say is also kind of interesting too. We didn't talk about it, but each round when you're, you know, that recipe fulfillment of moving your craft buildings, it gets more and more expensive, right? So like yes. the later rounds, you're having to pay a lot more goods and in certain and in certain kinds of combinations of recipes because some some are a little bit more valuable and such, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. And, th and that's where jewelry comes in, which we didn't talk about. But jewelry is nice because you can spend one jewelry yeah. and it's like you get to move a craft building one time. Yeah. It's just one jewelry, which yeah. is great in the later rounds. Yeah. Um, and then you didn't also mention to move these boulders to try to get them uh, further away so that you can move these buildings up. You need to get tools. And yes. the main way you get tools is by sacrificing one of your workers, Yeah. which is obviously very painful, especially early in the game because you only have so many workers. It almost um, seems necessary early, just to at least I try to get like two or three tools. Yeah, I think you have to on. early. Early, yeah. you got to get them because then they go. You get to keep them throughout the entire game until the last round. If you use them in the last round, they go away. But at that point, it's not a big deal. They're only worth points because you get you basically One -fifth of a point. yeah you yeah. divide all your resources and your fields and your tools and yeah. by five and then you get points. Yeah. Um, what I would say, I mean, to start with, with for gameplay is this is a very feel good game definitely you are definitely like okay i i just got all this for for my you know my harvest and now look at here i'm playing this card and this card's going to get me this card and then i'm going to get this card i'm going to get this good i'm going to do this and then i'm going to move my buildings up and i'm going to get more workers and everything is just about here let me pump you full of all this good feeling you know because oh look at all this fun stuff that i'm getting to do yeah mm -hmm. uh, i mean that is definitely this is not Agricola. <laughs> I mean, no, it no, isn't. No, it isn't. At all. But there, there's some some more tightness to it. Uh, the nice thing about this game, I think, is it's, to me, it sort of straddles a line. We didn't talk about the different decks, but you have basically your gateway cards, which you kind of start out with. You have your farmyard cards, which you're pulling off your board. You have your bonus cards, which are essentially your uh, your income every round if you get those out and then you have your high point objective cards in the end and, and that those are basically very expensive to get but so those cards can guide your strategy you have to be careful because they can be gotchas if you if you pay too much attention and you don't have it sure. but they can guide your strategy whereas sometimes like with fields of arl or or feast for odin you just look out and you're like well I could just I could do anything right it's now, true. you know. Yeah, that is very true. The, the cards do have a a narrowing of your of what you're trying to do. Now, how on the flip side, I will say this: I have played games where you somebody will just all of a sudden just go boom, 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 boom with cards, and then they'll draw and they'll go, "Oh, I got this one. Oh, I got this one." You know, yeah. and you're yeah. sitting there going, "I've played two cards and I'm sitting here with a handful <laughs> right. and I can't get any of this," yeah. you know, and not even necessarily because. I mean, you might just have some harder cards to do or whatever. They might be more powerful, so it might take you a little bit to get going. But I have found that you can be a little swingy with the cards. I mean, it can right. be. Yeah, so they can mean, be a little range. That's yeah. a little lucky yeah. on that part. That is yep. the, that I will say that that's the big thing to note from this gameplay is that uh, it is cards and there is card draw, and that's something to note. Now, one thing I didn't say is you can play a card anytime. I can play it on Richie's turn. I can play it on Clef's turn. I can play it on my turn. If I have the thing, I either pay for it or there's other cards that are just like, hey, just have the thing. Don't pay anything, but just have that much of a, of a thing. Hold on. Can you play it in between mine and your turn? Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> oh, right before I take my turn and it's not yet my time. turn. Yeah. <laughs> Super exciting. I did find that that's not true. Uh, I was playing a game with Brian 
and there's certain cards, very few of them, but that are that only can be played <laughs> right. at a certain time. Yeah. And he's like, you told me I could play many times. I said, shut up. <laughs> okay. There, there are some exceptions, but not many. Very, very small exceptions. Yeah. Yes. Which, which is cool because in, you know, yeah. a lot of games is like, well, can I play this now? Yeah. Well, in this game, yes, you may play this now. It does not matter when you do it, which is important because it might say you need to have six, you know, hops and three barley or whatever. And the moment you do your harvest, you can say, look, I've got these. Even since you're about to spend them right. on your craft buildings mm -hmm. to move them up, you still get to play that card as opposed to, oh, nope, oh, you don't have them at the beginning of the round, too bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. That would be very unfun. So I'm glad he did that perfect. Yeah. I think that, that makes it good. I think one thing about the the card draw you've mentioned, and I just played a game with Stephanie the other night too, and your very last round, you're still taking those because they're markers on 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 your rounds. You're still taking that farmyard card in in your hand towards the last of the of the thing. And so Stephanie had one where she's like, "Oh, cool, I have this," you know, and it's the last thing of your what what you're doing. She said, "Oh, cool, I have this." She put it down, and she got to draw another card because they can kind of run into each other and she had that too <laughs> she was like boom boom and it was like three or four points right there because some of the production cards can be worth points as well yeah so, if you can get those bonus cards that give you more bonus cards right i mean that those are huge that's a big and strategy to try to get those down yeah, yeah. yeah. uh-huh absolutely so finding ways to get through the card draw and, and just get as many cards into your hand is 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 a bonus yeah. in this game Actually, the the high point cards are, are the worst in my opinion one just because they they're they take forever yeah to get down and if you get too many of them then you're just you're, being you're pushed so many different ways in game, in game bonus, ones yeah you get one of them to start the game with i don't ever draw another no, one of them because yeah. they're so hard and they take up so much resource i don't think that they're worth it no uh, you're better off just going and grabbing more of the uh the income ones that give you you yes. know somewhere between three, three or four seven yeah. three points or whatever yeah, if you get yeah. more of those yeah you're just gonna just spread you out too thin and then on top of it the the amount of time that you're working on getting those you're losing out on getting resources to move your 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 center. Right. Those are great when they dovetail with other things you're doing. Right. Yep. Like if you yep. are going heavy, heavy, heavy into sheep and it's a have 10 milk, uh, you know, which you're going to get every round, sure. then sometimes that'll that'll work for you. But right. you're but right. Very... I, you can't you can't um, you can't rely on those. And, and like I said, there are a lot of times where cards in this game are traps because you have yep. what you're going to do and then you get a card in your hand and go. Oh, I think, can I do that? Oh, I think yeah. I might be able to do that. And then you I can do this. And, yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. You sure. got to be careful to avoid the trap. But I think the nice thing about having those cards there, those end game points, like I said, is for inexperienced players, they provide something to kind of move towards. But again, you have to, you, you kind of have to watch. But I think that. the basic cards lead you towards something to sure, do. Also. Definitely. You yeah. know yep, I mean? Yep. Yeah. So I, which, uh, now, the worker placement, I think, is really ingenious. I like how oh, you do that. It. Yeah. Where, you know, you don't have, you, you just, everybody has generic cubes, mm -hmm. and then there's just spots out there. And obviously, the quicker you get there, the first one's only one worker, and then two workers, and then three workers. So it's really, I mean, I felt very tense about, yes, it's very oh, tense. is he going to go to busy weekend, or is he going to go mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever the, you know, the farming, the harvest ones, you know. Those are very like, oh, I got to get there fast. And I like that. I mean, I feel mm -hmm. that, that I felt like there was some nice interaction in a game that's otherwise very solitaire when yes. you're doing your own thing. Right. I, I will tell you, when you play this game, you'll play and you'll do the whole worker placement thing and then you'll have your stuff. And then there's a good 10 minutes where you don't talk to anybody. <laughs> you are head down 
trying to figure out how am I moving these craft buildings? And then about 10 minutes later, everybody will pop up and go, okay, you ready for the next round? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely. And and I usually go through with new players. I've taught this to a couple different people, a few different people, but I usually go through that phase the first few times so that they get like how the resource conversion changes, how the cost changes, um, what they're shooting for and that kind of stuff. So that, cause this is a game, if you do make mistakes, I mean, they can shoot way ahead if they're, if they're not knowing right. what they're supposed right. to be doing. Um, and, and you also have to be really careful too, because I do like the way resources are tracked in this because you have that five, four, three, two, one in your warehouse. And if you want to plant something, you just move the resource down one, like from five to four. And then I take another, uh, another wooden bit from the center of the table and put it on my field. So you got to make sure you don't take from four and put it into your field. Cause then you've lost like a whole bunch of resources. Sometimes I wish that part was a little bit bigger on your player board because yeah. it can get, get very, very crowded. And if yeah. you're not careful, I mean, you may not even, you know, you might accidentally be like, Oh, I've and got five of those and not really only had three or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to be really, and like I said, that's at the point of the game when you're using that stuff, no one else is paying attention. Uh, right. And unless you want to make it a five hour game, you know, I mean, you got to do all that stuff simultaneously. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Clef had kind of talked about the way that the scales in the importance of the the spaces and and I had kind of referenced how stuff gets cleared off. Uh-huh. But let's talk about player count for this game. It's uh, one to four if I didn't mention it. Well, I've played it at two, three and four. Obviously, I've not played it solo, but uh, I thought it played really well at all the player counts uh, because it does have that variable amount of areas that are cleared Cleared off off, yeah so it still feels tight in a two-player game uh, and yet you know it feels the same tightness in three and same tightness in four and like i said i mean your only interaction in this game is the worker placement spots so i i think he did a really really nice job at that yeah i've played it at one two and three and yeah i agree completely that i would say that this is probably like the best scaling in a game Yes, period. Absolutely, it, I. It's they did one a of the best job with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, this is. I, I mean, I don't. If the solo version works just as good, obviously. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you're just doing the puzzle after you get your research. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever, and, so, yeah. And just the you know you're gonna have more cubes out there, which just makes it a harder for that worker placement. Right. Yeah, so that's interesting in and of itself because you're you're trying to get high score like most of Uvik's games, but you're doing some long-term planning and going, okay, I hope this card flip because the cards are what determine which sectors are cleared off every round. You kind of uh, shuffle through these cards even even at more than, than the one player count. And so the cards are determining, so you're going, okay, I'm going to go here with my guys and I'm hoping that this gets cleared off either next round or the round after that because you can fill up. And I mean, even in two-player, I've, I've been like, what'd you do that for? Would you fill up all the good planting spots? We can't take any of those next <laughs> yep, round. Yep, <laughs> which is very interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah, great job on player count. How about uh, variability for this game? Variability slash replayability. Well, you obviously, there are, there are, multiple decks i mean of of even the the different the farmyard cards and the gateway cards there's multiple different decks but let's be honest i mean they're just still more of the same type of cards yeah Yeah. i don't know if i feel like the variability in this game is going to be a lot i mean i feel like you're going to be doing the same things um you can obviously have different strategies that you play in a game. I mean, you could go heavy into sheep or you could go, 
heavy and, uh, you know, other areas or whatever, but your main thing still is always moving those craft buildings. I mean, that's, I mean, there is no other way around. I mean, you've got to do that to be competitive in the game. So I don't know if I would say the variability is, I would say it's probably a little bit below average would be what I would say, even with all the cards, I would still say the cards don't change enough to make it greatly variable. You're still doing the same thing. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, it would, it's definitely something that's going to need more decks uh, and hopefully decks that do something different. Yeah. Or maybe even bring like a new mechanism into the game or something like it just down the road. I don't know. You can't even really like strategy wise you going into the game. I mean, it just depends on what cards you get. I mean, yeah. that's that's a strategy that you really need to go with. You can fight it if you want to. But the cards that you have in your hand, you need to get down, which are going to allow you to get more cards out. So, uh, yeah, I would say the the variability is kind of low on this one. Yeah, I, I can understand that. They do feel quite a bit the same from game to game, those cards. But I would say, too, that I, I think this could be like a Nushfjord, though, where a new deck comes yeah. out and you want to play it. And actually, you know, it's funny that you brought up Agricola because I kind of see this uh, as a lot like Agricola in that... You do. You don't need to go whole hog on the community center. I don't think you need to move it a little bit. But you could do other point. You know, like if you happen to get the right cards, you can get out some production cards. You can get out um, some uh, other cards. I, I think you got to move it four or five center. times at least I, because the the workers you're going to get hurt on workers yeah. if you don't do it. And I, yeah. I mean, I agree with you that I'm you not can create you have to get that, to seventy. But yeah. yeah, yeah, you can create that uh, another engine. It's just that if you get the right cards, right? Like it's not reliable, like right? That, that the center is reliable. Yes, you, you yeah. know what you're going to get. I agree out of there. Yeah. I agree there, and I think that that's why it's there. That's why yeah. you have to. So, in the same ways that Agricola, there's certain things that you do have to do, and then right. you know. Now that being said, I mean, I think the replayability is still there. I mean, I don't. Yes, I would agree. I, I don't feel that. like I've played it like five times, mm -hmm. and I still feel like it's a game that I'm. You know, there's a more for me to explore and i mean certainly like you said i mean you're gonna have a different hand every single time so i don't feel like it's necessarily gonna get stale quickly or whatever i mean mm -hmm. I, I i think that there's some decent replayability in this game yeah and honestly this is one where i played it on tabletop simulator mm -hmm. and they have a scripted mod that might playing that on tabletop simulator solo might be my favorite way to play the game I don't have to set anything up. I hit a button. It clears the workers. It gives me my workers. It moves my community center. It moves the rocks and everything. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I know you're shaking your head, Clive. I'm telling you. <laughs> it is. Like, if I just want to go knock out a game, I can do it on Tabletop Simulator real quick. I was going to go take a nap and play <laughs> solo on Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, if I played... I can see I can see where that would be a, a great thing if I if I wanted to play more online. But uh, I also like like I said I like the solo game. Again, this feels somewhat. There's more setup to it, but it feels somewhat like Newsfjord in that you can you can really if you're going you can really bang well, it out thing. a couple. In I'll play Newsfjord in real life solo because it's uh -huh. so quick to set up. Right. This is not that quick to set up solo. Right. And to manage everything solo. Right. Whereas right. in Newsfjord it is. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, it sounds like ratings time. Richie, Punch Board Paradise always needs a rating scale. What do you have for our Punch Punch? So we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could be in your 
top 10 of all time. Chad, what do you think about Howler Tau? I really enjoy Howler Tau. There aren't very many big box Uva Rosenberg games that I don't like, so take that into consideration. Uh, I would say, as I have, that card draw is an issue with this game. I don't find that I mind it, but you should really take that into consideration if it seems like something you might mind. I really have enjoyed all my plays of this. I played it at one one player a few times and uh, up to three players. I haven't gotten to play it at four, but I would love to play it that way too. All my plays have been enjoyable, whether I've won or not. I think one of the reasons that Uwe Rosenberg does farming games is because by the end, you feel like you've done something that's yours. And that's a benefit of a lot of his games. Look what I have made. Yeah, I didn't win, but look at my craft buildings. Look at my little workers. Look at my tableau of cards, you know, that sort of thing. Anyway, uh, it's a feel-good game for me. I give it a five, but if card draw bothers you, then I would give it, I would think of this as a four, but it's a five for me. What about you, Clef? Uh, I have also, I've enjoyed this game. Um, it is a very standard medium weight Euro right down the gut. Um, there is a small bit of player interaction with the worker placement, um, with the worker placement, but otherwise, you know, it's a very solo. You're just kind of doing your own puzzle. Now, old Clef, I think, would have probably given this a five. New Clef, probably it's going to be a three. It's not that it's a bad game. It's very good. It's just a game that is going to kind of just float away from me and just not be one of those that I'm going to be, like, wanting to get back to the table. Uh, I'm still, I mean, Lahav is still my favorite and then at the gates of Loyang, you know, and then Agricola, mm. those are the ones that I think I'm still going to say, you know, six months down the road, hey, I want to pull that back uh, off of off the shelf and I want to play those. I think this one's going to just kind of, you know, float away. Now, that being said, you know, I was very surprised when I played this. I enjoyed it, wasn't expecting much out of it. So d don't take my rating necessarily as a it's not a good game because a three is still, I still think it's a solid game. It's just not a game that I feel like is going to stay in my collection necessarily for the long haul. And I think it's just a game that I myself is eventually going to kind of, you know, float away kind of thing. I don't know why I'm using this terminology of floating away, but you know, just <laughs> a little Fagazi, you know, a little Fagazi. <laughs> I don't even know. You don't nope, even know what that know what means. I, means. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey said it in Wolf of Wall Street. So that's all I know. So. <laughs> Fagazi. <laughs> All right. So you know, the scene where he starts beating his chest, you know. Oh. <laughs> okay. So a three from a three class. from class. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we haven't gotten to record in a while, and I've been, I've been, I've been dead for a week. Right? <laughs> Richie, um, take us home. I, I would agree with you that I was, I was surprised by this game. I was not expecting to to like, it, especially when Chad was explaining the the card draw. Uh, but I. I really enjoy the the card play mm -hmm. in the game, and it, it, it's very satisfying when you can get down a bunch of cards in a row. Um, for my rating, I'm going to have two ratings. It is a four for me, uh, just as a as a board game. When you're you know going to set it up on the table, play it with uh, Jessica or play it with these guys, uh, it is it's a satisfying game. It's fun to play uh, as a solo game. It's a five for me. Oh, and it is. Honestly, 
how I'm probably going to play this game. And then, and this is also why this game will probably stick around for me for a, a while, just because I I really enjoy playing it solo on tabletop simulator with that scripted <laughs> mod. If they get rid of that scripted <laughs> mod at some point, it's going to be like this is going to drop us. probably. <laughs> wow, but <laughs> go down there too. <laughs> scripted mod gone. But it is. A, I, I should have looked up to see who made that mod. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a fantastic. A mod if you are a solo gamer and you play on your computer or online uh, check it out all right well that wraps it up this is interesting it's a uh, five from myself chad it is a three from clef and it is a four slash five yeah. for richie so like, there you have it. It's like your Chad getting in two games. No, no, two ratings. Like <laughs> that is Hollertow from Mr. Rosenberg and Lookout Games. About an eon ago, we reviewed 2019's Barrage from Tommaso Battista and Simone Luciani and Cranio Creations. Richie, do you remember what you gave this game? Uh, Barrage, I gave a four. And I think that's more just because I'm terrible at the game. <laughs> I'm really bad at Barrage. It has that sort of uh, Gaia Project-y player board where you're... Yeah, I'm also trying to get... very bad at Gaia Project. <laughs> working on that. I'm really working on Gaia Project. I've been playing that online a lot and it's... I'm still terrible. <laughs> I have won more games of Barrage than I have of Gaia Project. So oh, there's, you, there's I mean, you that. slaughtered me in Barrage every time I play you. So, uh, but no, yeah, I, I, it's a fantastic game. Uh, I understand why everyone loves it, uh, and I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at it. Okay, see if it climbs, it's a like food chain magnate for you. It's I get beat so bad in that game <laughs> that it knocked it down a peg for me. <laughs> so it's it's less than a less than a four now. No, 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 no. Okay. I'm keeping my four. It's okay. a solid game. All right. It's a game that I would I would play anytime. Okay. If someone throws it on the table. Okay. Clef, uh, give us your uh, past rating and then your okay. rating if you play Richie or your rating if you play somebody else. Uh, I'm actually going to have six different ratings for this game. <laughs> um, my, my previous rating was a five, and I'm going to hang right at a five. Okay. Okay. And I'll tell you, I think if about, oh, two months ago, if we would have done this, I think I might have lowered it to a four because I was kind of like, eh, I played it a bunch when it started and then it just kind of dropped where I was like, eh, not really all that excited about getting it back out. Uh, but just a couple of uh, months ago, I don't know what it was, uh, got it back out and played it a couple of more times uh, with my friend Brian. And I really said to myself, I don't know why I don't play this game more. I think it is a very excellent game. It has a lot, a lot of deep strategy in trying mm -hmm. to figure out, uh, you know, I mean, it's funny how the worker placement in that game is almost secondary to everything else that's going on. Oh, so, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, really well done. And no, I, this is getting after playing it a couple of times. I mean, I'm, I would like to play it some more. I don't think I like it at four. I think it bogs down a little bit at four, uh, two and three is kind of my preferred player count with it. But boy, if you like, good strategic heavy type of euros this and you and you don't mind stuff being mean you know where people can really oh boy they can stab you in the back pretty easy um uh yeah barrage solid solid five for me chad yeah i rated this a five in the past as well and i actually did not take it up uh 
to where it was, I think, because of the production issues. It was just, they they did not make good decisions. I mean, first of all, guaranteeing it out by a certain date is never good for your first Kickstarter. Just never a good idea. And then because they did that, I think just production really fell by the wayside. They just didn't have a lot of experience, and there were many, many missteps in the in the production, unfortunately. Now, I have a retail version of it, and mine is just fine, and I, I enjoy it. So I'm, I'm honestly going to say... It's a six for me because it, it's not wow. in my top 10, but it, it, it flirted with my top 10 when I made okay. it last yeah. time. I figured it was going up to a six for you. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's just it, it really is interesting to me that interplay of the water and the dams. And there's there is some randomness out there, but nothing that really affects. So you're you're constantly looking at the layout like a lot of Luciani's boards. You're constantly looking at the layout at the beginning and trying to make a strategy. But man, you really have to pivot when somebody shanks you. And Richie, I I think I challenge you to get better at this game for this reason. I, I'm trying. I know, I know. <laughs> but I'm just saying the Richie that I really love is in this game. I think when you get it a little bit more, then the real Richie comes out where he's just sweet talking to you about working on this dam over here and come on, we'll share the power mm, and yeah. come on, you, you can I do this. That, and I see that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, I have not been able to <laughs> put it together and do it right. Yeah. yeah. I, Sometimes like I'll all of a sudden I put a conductor out there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, why did I do that? Well, you <laughs> turn yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> that's going to do nothing for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you though. I'm not very good at this game either. Mm. Uh, Brian beats me consistently at this game yeah. so mm-hmm. maybe i need to play you <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna get a win I'll, I'll let you know that okay well let's look at what the punch bunch had to say about barrage uh jake blomquist uh says here never played the expansion the base game was fairly big disappointment after all the hype it had honestly i'd probably give it a three on the punch board scale not something i actively dislike but not something I'll ever seek out either. Uh, Brian Hudson says, uh, this is an easy six for me. The only cons early on were regarding the Kickstarter fulfillment and component issues. They all seem to be in the past now. The game is unlike most anything else I have. It does take a lot of analysis and planning ahead to accomplish your goals. Also, it can be quite cutthroat. So if you worry about AP or do not like games that allow others to thwart their plans, uh, then you may want to skip it. Otherwise, it is a real gem. The solo game provides a decent challenge as well. Brian Weiss says it marries well-known Euro mechanisms with a unique theme to create a fantastic game that plays smoothly while demanding a high degree of strategy and tactics. And player interaction is strong as not only are you constantly competing for prime spots for your workers, but the main board is the Euro game equivalent of a knife fight in a phone booth, <laughs> especially when playing at full four players. Being able to mix different player boards with special powers offers the game a lot of variability and replayability. Other design elements like how the water flows down the board and how there's nearly no luck in the game means Barrage really allows for and demands long-term planning. This game was my number one new-to-me game of 2020, and in my recent top 50 was number four overall, so this is an easy six. Nice. Yeah, I, I know the Punch Bunch loves it. I was actually uh, got invited to play tonight by uh, Jason and Joe Farrell ah. on Tabletop Simulator. So. Yeah. Um, one issue. Okay. What's a phone booth? He said it's a knife and a phone booth. <laughs> now we got to come up with something new. <laughs> Mo- kids aren't going to know what a phone booth is. They don't know what a payphone is. More or less, a phone booth. 
I mean, yeah. where does Superman change? I mean, especially now? with COVID, there's not many tight spaces people get in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, we, we got to come up with a new terminology. Uh, we'll have to think about that. Knife in a phone booth. We'll have, have to think about else. that. There's yeah. probably there's probably a meme for it or something. Maybe, uh, <laughs> you know? Hey, uh, you, by the way, you know what I saw at Walgreens yesterday? That you can tell uh, Barrage is a much better game than this. So at Walgreens yesterday, there was a party pack on the corner by some of the liquor. Mm. The party pack is actually a bottle of tequila. I don't remember what kind of tequila. It was It was supposed to look sort of designer-ish. And a copy of the game, What Do You Meme? All in the same box. It's a party pack. <laughs> nice. some tequila. And tequila here's this. Board game. Yeah. There we go. All right. I just, I want to be like, you know, you could do this several ways. You know, here's your, yeah. here, here is your. Uh, here's your hard whiskey and barrage. Go. Yeah. Well, well I mean, even better. I like, uh, here's Everclear and Munchkin. Here you go. Right. Or here's, here's some Ripple and Monopoly. Okay. Have fun. <laughs> You're going to need those. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. that's my point entirely. Games. Little purple passion and shoots and ladders. Yes. Yeah. Woo. Hey, you never know. Some twister, you know, come on. All well, right. Now it's a party. Yeah. Dexterity <laughs> games. You know it. Hey, Punch Bunch, thanks for understanding. Uh, I'm glad to be back with these two crazy people, and we're glad to have you listening. Uh, please, uh, Take it seriously. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Be good to each other. Hey, everybody. Uh, it's great to be back. And uh, thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that a tip. Really?